Whenever you're ready, you can just start talking. But don't gonna... bounce the mic like that. Right, yeah. How are you gonna introduce me? And also, don't turn your pages because it's gonna pick that up too. Okay, I'm let me turn to my page. Hold on, hold on. So what is this? You're grading right now? No, I have a. <laughs> I don't know which book I put a, my list, my He's checklist working. in. You're multitasking. And conducting a podcast. Anyway. Yeah. I'm going to multitask during this, guys. That book doesn't even close. It's got so much smart knowledge in there. It does. My notes for my lesson. Okay. Hi, right, welcome back. Hey, uh, thank you for coming and listening today. We got a very special guest, one of my favorite teachers of all time, Mr. Bryant Perryman. Say hello, Bryant. How's it going? Oh, man, that deep, sensual voice. Bryant's been a really good friend of mine in teaching. He really took me by the, took me under your wing my first year of teaching, man. So really, when you're someone I look up to as a mentor and a fellow peer. And we want to talk to you about your experiences during hybrid this week. Yeah, okay. so this will be a little bit of all of us like talking about hybrid and what happened for us this week, but we wanted to bring you on too so you can share your experiences. So we all teach together. We all teach at the same school, um, but it's always nice to kind of hear from somebody else that's not just us. So yeah. before we begin, I want to talk to you about something that happened to you recently that has not really a lot to do with teaching, but... We saw that you were picked to be featured in My Black Colorado. So tell tell us a little bit about what My Black Colorado is. So My Black Colorado is pretty much a it's a magazine, uh, and it's a magazine that highlights black, the black community and things going on in the black community. Um, you know, all the positive, all the negative that's going on in the world. You know, uh, they're just kind of highlighting teachers this month. You know. Uh, a lot of stuff that they talk about is very interesting. Um, I, I think everybody should make, make sure you go get that subscription. <laughs> so you have to subscribe. Um, yeah, I saw that you had posted it, and I was like, what? What is this? So they picked you specifically because you're a teacher? No, so the way it worked was they had put something out on, I think it was uh, Facebook, and it was kind of like, you know, if you're an educator, you know, uh, they're pretty much looking for certain educators to pretty much interview. So I got interviewed uh, from a guy from California uh, who's a journalist, uh, a re really cool guy named uh, Cameo. And uh, it, it took about like, I wanna say six weeks, you know, for everything. So he interviewed me, uh, I had to fill out, you know, a little survey. And then later, you know, I had to take a picture and then I had to do kind of like a sound thing for their, their online subscription. But I mean, it was really cool, um, good experience. Um, and good thing to read, you know, I'm reading a lot about educators that I didn't know, mm. so. So what did you talk about? Like, what were some of the questions that they? Pretty much, the pretty much, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. But <laughs> pretty much like they talked about uh, my motivations of teaching and, you know, why I do what I do, um, what brings me back, you know, pretty much. You don't see a lot of black men in the field of teaching. So uh, what is it? what is it about me that stands out? why do I like teaching, you know, and, you know, definitely the kids, but, you know, just pretty much the questions that, that's pretty much the questions that they did ask is, you know, um, what's your motivation, you know, why do you teach, what keeps you going, you know, and it's definitely the kids. I think all teachers will tell you that, so. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of a good, like, segue into what 
we wanted to ask you, we kind of want to ask you some similar questions, but we know that like, so this was six weeks ago, a lot has changed in these last six weeks. So um, there's a whole new model of teaching now and we're like thrust into this like time where there's a lot of change. Um, I just want, I'm just curious if your feelings toward teaching have changed. Um, so, uh, but first, like you said, you teach for the kids. What made you even want to be a teacher? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a funny story. Um, it, it might take a while, but it's a funny story. That's uh, fine. We have time. We have time. <laughs> so, um, I was actually coaching. Um, I've been coaching for I want to say this is going to be my twelfth or thirteenth year overall, and twelfth year for twelfth year of high school. But um, one of my the, co the guy that I was working for then, you know, he's seen that I was going to school full time. I was working full time and I was coaching. And he said, it's kind of easier just to do one thing and you should be a teacher and you can do all this in the same building. And, you know, besides the school thing. And uh, so what were you going to school for? I was going for, to school for poli sci. Okay. Uh, so, oh, uh, that's my minor. Okay. Yeah. Poli sci. And I had a minor in criminal justice. So I definitely wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, my big goal, I think. As my junior year was there, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. But I mean, you're almost at the end. So it's like, just stick through. And uh, yeah. I took a year or two off. And, um, you know, I realized, you know, you can't really get a job in poli sci unless you're like going to go further. So I did, uh, you know, I took him up on the teaching thing. I subbed for a couple years. And, you I know, subbed. <laughs> yeah. And then. You know, somebody told me that, you know, you have your bachelor's degree, you can make more money in subbing, but I was kind of scared at first just to be the main teacher. Um, so then I went ahead and, you know, I got the license and I started subbing. And a year after that, um, I didn't even have my teaching degree, but a year after that, while I was in my master's program for teaching, I actually got hired. Uh, so I got hired as a um on the job. So I was, or I got hired to be a teacher, but I didn't have my license. And there's a whole emergency process that you have to go through for that. Mm -hmm. So I was going to school and teaching and I was working another full-time job and I was coaching. So just a lot, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. I don't know how you do it. And even now you work a lot. Like tell us about like your other jobs. You have a lot of other <laughs> yeah. jobs. Um, Depending on how you want to label it, you could say I have six or seven jobs. Um, I am first as a teacher. I'm a coach. Uh, I work part-time at Chipotle. I do Grubhub. I do um, DoorDash. I do Amazon Flex. And then I have my own lawn, lawn kind of mowing business. Uh, so those would be my seven jobs. Um, yeah, I think... <laughs> For me, it's, uh, and you know, I've actually thought about it because I really don't have to. Um, I'm a very giving person. I give to my kids, but when I have a lot on my plate, I feel like I get things done more efficiently and more accurately. And the learning the learning cycle is really short because I know I don't have a lot of time, but if I had a lot more time, it would just be like, uh, I'm gonna do this at the last minute, but I know I don't. So it's like, you have to get things done. You have to manage your time better. And yeah, so I, I mean, that's part of the reason, but I mean, a lot of my money goes back to the kids. Even the kids will tell you like, yeah, you know, you spend so much money on us. So. I have heard that you bought a pair of beats for <laughs> yeah. a couple kids. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my prizes, my intervention prizes. Yeah, I mean, you do a really good job keeping kids motivated. I mean, you set goals with your students and then if they achieve their goals, you you keep your word and give them the, the prize. Yeah. 
Wait, got to, got to. So we just finished week four of learning. Week four of learning, first week back in person. Well, in person for hybrid. Mm -hmm. So our school gave students an option, like most around the country, you could uh, continue with e-learning or you could do a hybrid model where you got to come into school two days a week. So we split it up, students A through L come in on Tuesday, Thursday, and students- Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then students M through Z come in on Thursday and Friday. Um, then we have e-learners. So we're still pushing things throughout through Canvas and working through making it accessible and easy to understand for students. Who are not coming into the classroom. So we yeah. have all these students who are joining us in person and we're able to give them a little bit more support, but having all of those students online, right. um, sometimes they still can't access um the content it's a lot different so just if you want talk to me a little bit about how like you felt during your first week teaching. <laughs> my first week and currently how i feel about teaching is pretty much the same uh those feelings have been uh there's days that i just don't want to do it no more there's days i don't feel as effective there's days i don't feel like i'm helping um i still currently feel that way i think first the first week was a lot more anxiety than it is now um, and definitely for me, I'm definitely an overachiever. So if, if things look good to you, it may not look good to me. So you can tell me all day, oh, it was fine. It was fine. But if I don't think it was fine, it's if it's not to my expectations or I don't feel like I helped a kid, then it's not. So uh, definitely a lot of anxiety still going on. Um, the biggest thing right now is just you kind of got to take it by strides. You know what I mean? Uh, I know if I'm struggling right now, my kids are struggling twice as harder. So just being a little bit more lenient than I would, uh, just trying to walk them through and explain things, just trying to keep them motivated to keep logging on and you know, just saying, hey, I'm not gonna grade everything. So just take your time, we'll get to it, we'll get through this, but it's, it's definitely a different model and it's definitely a lot harder, which that than you're used to, so. Ryan, what would you do different? If we could go back and do week one hybrid again, how would you reapproach it? Um, I just wish the communication was better. Um, so, in my expect, I could communicate to families better. Um, and then I kind of know what to expect. I think uh, for me, I don't try to stress too much about little things until I know. And especially if I've made it a couple attempts to get to understand. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lose sleep over you know those little things. So I just wish the communication was better so that I had time to actually plan better lessons and kind of get a feel for what it what it would be like and actually practice and rehearse, you know, how it would look. But um, yeah, I mean, that is a little bit out of my control. Um, so yeah, but just the communication piece, you yeah, know. that's key. Okay, I like that. I think I would have wanted to know a little bit more how I could teach live because mm. I have kids who are logging in. Great. And I can't support them and the in-person kids in my class. It's really hard for me to plan a lesson that can cater to those children who are looking at a screen and learning through a screen. And then also 
have to like devise these like dynamic lessons for students who are in person. Right. And there's that, that's that practice piece. You know, if you had time to actually practice it and see it, I think you would have been, you know, good, but it's just, we're just told and it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to navigate things when you're just told, you know, where <laughs> there's three different ways of learning, you know, you're either visual, kinesthetic or audio. There's um, actually more than that. Oh yeah. There's more than that. <laughs> but I mean, we shouldn't, ex- we expect, we should, we, we don't expect our kids to learn all one way. So why should we? No, I agree. And like, how do you, I think, you know, special education teachers, we think about that a lot. How do we make a lesson universal? How do we make it accessible to everybody? And right now, I don't know. I think the reason why we have such low turnout is because we have not been trained to develop lessons that can be accessed by everybody right no matter who they are I agree and so I think going forward like that is one thing that I want to get better at is learning how I can make those lessons a little bit easier for everybody so uh next one on transition we'll talk about what successes have you had right so to give you an example the my first success I had with this hybrid model um, we started doing you know I have my in-person learners during the hybrid, and then I have my e-learning. And I'm supposed to have 45 students who log in once a day with me. Um, and at the start of the week, only nine of my 45 students are coming in. And we just hit that communication part hard. Uh, I was emailing using Infinite Campus to reach out to parents. I was going around to the other um, teachers who were e-learners and had bigger numbers and just popping in for five minutes. and by the end of it, now I have 24, 45 of my e-learners coming in and they're starting to email me saying, oh, this makes more sense when you get to explain it to me. I'm like, oh gosh, thank you. So what successes have you had? You know, and how hard did you have to work to get them or did they come easy? Um, success I, the success that I have had is the kids that have been logging in or actually understanding it. You know, not everything's all bad. Yeah. Uh, there is one kid that I would say that, you know, he didn't do much work before. It's actually doing really good for me with the online thing. So, um, and then cool. the biggest thing is, you know, I found a way that I could um, actually digitally make math as, as part of my PBIS or positive reward system, make math um, more of lifelike, you know, I give kids their own little bank account and, you know, they get, they get money. It's fake money, but it, it's, it's called Perry Bucks. Wait, you're not but... giving them money from online jobs? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like getting money. You say but... Perry Bucks? Yeah, Perry Bucks. Perry Bucks. <laughs> oh my gosh. A man's got his own money now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they get Perry Bucks. They say they didn't like the name, so I got to think of something new. But uh, they, get, <laughs> they get Perry Bucks. Hey, and... you're the one giving it out. You get to name it what you want. Yeah. <laughs> they get money for pretty much. Uh, yeah just doing what they're supposed to do and you know they can also get fined for not doing what they're supposed to do they have to pay rent uh have to pay for their desks if they're in person and you know if they're online they have to pay you know for the little screen so um it's just making it real life you know and if you if you get evicted from your house or your desk uh you can't really it's really strict no (laughs) it's just in their desk (laughs) But it's just they don't have as much freedom, you know, instead of just saying, hey, can I go to the bathroom? Now you have to wait. I mean, you still got to go to the bathroom. You still can go to the bathroom. Now you might have to wait a little longer or, 
you might have to go through a process that you wouldn't have to go through or, you know, cause me, I'm, I'm very lenient, you know? So it sounds like it started as a PBIS system. Yeah. And then it's kind of morphed into teaching them responsibility and or responsibility in life. And then also financial or economic responsibility. Well. Yeah. That's, that's exactly awesome. what it is. That's exactly I mean, that's some is. real world learning that students always like you hear them complain and what's this going to, how's this going to help me in life? Exactly. It sounds like you're trying to give that to them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we all learn every day. Um, and I think right now they just want that. They want math to be more, okay, how does this relate to the world, you know? So, yep. Always, always, always. Teaching you know them about rent with their seat their desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. So, I mean, that kind of leads into my next question. That sounds like what resources have you used to help them? So you're using that PBIS system. Yeah. Oh, that was definitely off of Teachers Pay Teachers. <laughs> oh, thank you. Teachers Pay Teachers. Teachers Pay Teachers definitely is something that I probably just go and scroll. And, you know, I, the, the, the biggest thing is I put uh, virtual learning and virtual learning positive intervention systems or, you know, there's different things I just type in just to search and, you know, see what comes up. I think a, a lot of my time is probably, you know, spent researching and dabbling on my computer. Um, You're using it as a way to like develop like incentive systems for your classroom, which I had never actually thought to use it for that. So that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. If you are not a teacher, like some of our listeners aren't, how would you describe teachers pay teachers? Is it like Amazon for teachers or is it like the Craigslist of teachers? <laughs> it's like, no, not Craigslist. <laughs> Teachers Pay Teacher is just pretty much a platform that gives teacher resources or uh, some can be free, some are money, uh, and you're just paying that teacher for their idea. Uh, not all teachers require you to pay uh, just because, um, yeah, they're, they're just all about helping. Uh, some teachers do because there's some good stuff that they put in a lot of work for it. So it's like, why wouldn't you? But I mean, definitely good resources out there if you are a teacher. I know my students love being competitive. So, uh, the resource I started using this week was Nearpod. It's kind of like you make your slides. Um, I mean, whether, but now Nearpod, when I first started using it, it was simply like they took Google Slides and then you could enter a code so you could change the screen on students' laptops. Uh, but now, I don't know, like, is they have these games inside there or you can do the virtual field trips. And it was Zara that pointed this out to me this week, and it was my lifesaver. I did that and the very last slide was a collabor the collaboration piece. So I said, hey, write a note, tell me one thing you would improve about this class, one thing you really liked about it. And the students all wrote, almost all of them, I love the game, please add more games to the lessons. And what I like about that is those are my check for understandings. So I'm gonna explore and use Nearpod a lot, uh, both in person, during hybrid and my e-learners. Yeah, those interactive slides are the best. It really, I think it holds kids accountable too. Like they can't zone out. Like it's very easy to zone out in a PowerPoint presentation, but when you have like the games on there, like it, it makes them pay attention. Oh, it keeps them engaged. Mm -hmm. This is something that I use and it's not really technology based, but it worked out pretty well this week. So I just noticed that like a lot of the kids haven't seen each other in six months if they're coming back in person and they haven't had time to like socialize. So I just started like having just like time to just talk. And like, I know in a lot of like restorative justice practices, they call them like talking circles um, where everybody like sits and just has a conversation. But 
I was very nervous because I didn't think this was going to work, but I had all the kids just kind of like put their laptops to the corner of their desk and we just had a conversation. I would ask them like different questions and they would answer them. And I was afraid that they were going to be shy and that they weren't going to answer, but they actually all did. And it was like very like basic introductory questions like, like, what's your favorite animal? If you could travel anywhere, where would you go? But I think they like had the opportunity to just like not think about the work, not think about anything else. And they could just like express themselves and be themselves. So it was nice to hear some of their responses. And I learned a lot about my students um, just from like that, like five, 10 minute conversation with all of them. So I think it works really well if you have smaller classes. I think if you have bigger classes, it can be challenging because you have like everybody kind of has to listen to everyone and for middle school students that can be like like if you don't you might not want to do that so but for smaller groups like i think it works really well so i really like enjoyed listening to what my kids had to say that's good you're always you're really focused on the social emotional learning i feel like that ties into there as well all right well thank you so much for being here and like taking the time to talk to us about hybrid and all your jobs and just everything that you're doing. And thank you so much for like being a role model for teachers and for like this community and for the kids. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review wherever you listen to this, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or whatever else. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Teaching Unmasked. Yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts on this podcast. And also, if you have any ideas for future episodes or you know a teacher who would love to be interviewed, please let us know on our Instagram. Good luck, stay safe, and be creative. The biggest thing, and I, I'm going off a tap on, I'm getting off subject, but the biggest thing that I've found out is I had to write a. I wrote an essay for a scholarship that I actually got. And uh, the biggest thing is, you know, in our Declaration of Independence, we said all men and women are created equal. You know, pretty much we have those equal rights of education. Um, I'm not created when, I'm not created equally when I've been brought in a household that I don't have necessarily the support. So for me, it's me uh, to my students, it's just being a role model, just making sure that, you know, I can be the support that they need, even though I'm not the parent, uh, they still had somebody in there that pushed them and cared. So, yeah. Right on, man. Cool. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you.